In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Indeed, the word of God is living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart. Yes, the word of God is living and effective today in my life and in yours. And that's the very reason why I'm offering this weekly podcast where I reflect upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. So now please join me on Faith Moments with Dina Marie as we break open the Word of God together, inviting His Word to change our lives forever. Greetings and welcome to Faith Moments with Dina Marie. I'm your host, Dina Marie Hale, and we begin this program recognizing the 14th Sunday in Ordinary Time, but the 14th Sunday in Ordinary Time falls on July 4th of this year. So I want to say happy birthday to America and a very blessed Independence Day to all of the fellow Americans who are joining me through this broadcast today. And so I wanted to begin this particular program with the beautiful words from Samuel Ward. And we actually had the opportunity to sing this song today in mass. Oh, beautiful for spacious skies, America. I'm not going to sing it. You can sing it in your heart. But as I was listening to the small choir sing the song today, I just thought, you know, we really need to hear these words of these songs that are so important to us who live in this country, one nation under God. And so here are the four verses of O Beautiful for Spacious Skies. O beautiful for spacious skies, for amber waves of grain, for purple mountain majesties above the fruited plain, America, America, God shed his grace on thee and crown thy good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea. O beautiful for pilgrim feet whose stern and passion stress a thoroughfare for freedom beat across the wilderness. America, America, God mend thy every flaw, confirm thy soul in self-control, thy liberty in law. O beautiful for heroes proved in liberating strife, who more than self their country loved and mercy more than life. America, America, may God thy gold refine till all success be nobleness and every gain divine. O beautiful for patriot dream that sees beyond the years thine alabaster cities gleam undimmed by human tears. America, America, God shed his grace on thee and crown thy good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea. Amen. Oh, beautiful for spacious skies. Boy, I just am so grateful to be born in this country of America. And I hope that you are too, if you were able to be born here in this country and to give, be given that gift of human life that is given to us from the almighty God, our father. Well, I want to begin by moving into the scriptures and praying before we enter into the scriptures with this prayer before reading sacred scripture. 
And it's a really great practice to to just pause and to really call upon the Holy Spirit to guide us when we read scripture, whether it is time when we gather for Holy Mass or we do our Bible study or we're reading scripture on our on our own at home or with the community to just really invite the Holy Spirit to guide us as we listen to the words, as we proclaim with our lips, the words of God, these words are active and have meaning in the name of the father and the son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, inspire us to read your sacred scriptures and to meditate upon them day and night. We beg you give us real understanding of what we need that we in turn may put its precepts into practice Yet we know that understanding and good intentions are worthless unless rooted in your graceful love. So we ask that the words of scripture may also be not just signs on a page, but channels of grace into our hearts. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your son, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Again, that beautiful prayer before reading sacred scripture. So we are entering into, like I said, the 14th Sunday in ordinary time. And so we're going to hear from about the prophets. We are going to hear from one of the greatest preachers of Jesus's time, St. Paul, and we'll hear a message from Jesus himself in the gospel today. Of course, the gospel according to Mark is what we're hearing in this cycle B. And so I want to share with you the first opening prayer that we'll hear the priest pray called the collect. And it is a powerful prayer. I'll come back to it because some of the words within this prayer just really jumped out off the page for me. Oh God, who in the abasement of your son have risen up a fallen world, fill your faithful with holy joy. For on those you have rescued from slavery to sin, you bestow eternal gladness. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. The first reading for this 14th Sunday in Ordinary Time is from the prophet Ezekiel. And I want to just encourage you to take time this week and read just like the first and second chapter of Ezekiel. I went back and read that, and it gives you a little bit of a setup of where Ezekiel is in his visions of, of the divine and where God is pushing him towards into being this prophet. And so we'll just get a little glimpse of what the Lord is speaking to him today in this reading which is Ezekiel chapter two, verses two through five. It's just this small part, and it really is worthwhile to read more of, of chapter one and all of chapter two of Ezekiel. It will probably make you want to read the whole book, which I haven't done yet because there's a lot in there. A reading from the prophet Ezekiel. As the Lord spoke to me, the spirit entered me and set me on my feet and I heard the one who was speaking say to me, son of man, I am sending you to the Israelites, rebels who have rebelled against me. They and their ancestors have revolted against me to this very day. Heart of face and obstinate of heart are they whom I am sending you. But you shall say to them, thus says the Lord God, and whether they heed or resist, 
for they are a rebellious house. They shall know that a prophet has been among them. The word of the Lord. Now we're going to talk a little bit more about this prophet, but I want to go right into the psalm and just mention a couple of the phrases that we hear from Psalm 123. Here's the, the phrase that we repeat through the responsorial psalm. Our eyes are fixed on the Lord, pleading for his mercy. Our eyes are fixed on the Lord, pleading for his mercy. To you, I lift up my eyes who are enthroned in heaven as the eyes of servants are on the hands of their masters, as the eyes of a maid are on the hands of her mistress, so are our eyes on the Lord our God till he have pity on us. Our eyes are fixed on the Lord, pleading for his mercy. Have pity on us, O Lord, have pity on us, for we are more than sated with contempt. Our souls are more than sated with the mockery of the arrogant, with the contempt of the proud, our eyes are fixed on the Lord, pleading for his mercy. Now we hear from St. Paul writing to the Corinthians in this week's Holy Mass, and this is 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Brothers and sisters, that I, Paul, might not become too elated because of the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me an angel of Satan, to beat me, to keep me from being too elated. Three times I begged the Lord about this, that it might leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. I will rather boast most gladly of my weaknesses in order that the power of Christ may dwell with me. Therefore, I am content with my weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and constraints for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. The word of the Lord. We hear that phrase so often from St. Paul, for when I am weak, then I am strong. And if you read ahead or before in this uh, second chapter, second book of Corinthians, Paul is going through like all of the different difficulties that he has experienced from the beatings and the shipwrecks and just all of the different things that Paul has endured for the sake of Christ. And that certainly is a message that comes from St. Paul. It's like, for the sake of Christ, I am bearing these hardships. I have these burdens, but then here we go for the sake of Christ. When I am weak, in those hardships, he's, he's listing in them there again, in the weakness, in the insult, in the hardship, in the persecution, in the constraint, that's when I am strong. And the beautiful gospel of Luke, a little piece of Luke comes out in the Alleluia phrase, our gospel acclamation, Alleluia, Alleluia. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he sent me to bring glad tidings to the poor that he sent me to bring glad tidings of the poor. Think of that as we reflect on Ezekiel, the prophet, as we hear from St. Paul and this great preacher for Jesus, that the Lord has given me his spirit to send me to bring glad tidings to the poor. And then we hear from the gospel, and let's hear this from the gospel of Mark. 
Jesus departed from there and came to his native place, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astonished. They said, where did this man get all this? What kind of wisdom has been given him? What mighty deeds are wrought by his hands? Is he not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? Are not all his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor, except in his native place and among his own kin and in his own house. So he was not able to perform any mighty deeds there, apart from curing a few sick people by laying his hands on them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. The Gospel of the Lord. Now, if you remember in the last broadcast, when we talked from the Gospel of Mark, what did we hear about? We heard about two amazing healings that Jesus that came by the touch it was like the touching gospel, right? That the woman with the 12 years of hemorrhages and bleeding touched the cloak of Jesus. This girl, 12 years of age, was raised from the dead by the touch of Jesus. Uh, Jesus says, little girl, you know, rise up. The last couple of weeks, if you listen to those gospel readings, they're all about these miraculous healings and the miraculous things that come from Jesus. He has this authority. He has this power. Who is this that can calm the sea? You know, he's sleeping on the cushion in the boat with the disciples and this you know, horrific wind and, and storm comes on the Sea of Galilee. And, and Jesus has this tremendous power, this authority over nature, over death itself. But now things are changing a little bit and what Mark is speaking about. And so I'm going to dip right into that because, um, boy, I just heard so many great insights about that over this weekend. And I want to just look to my notes a little bit. We, we again heard about the healings of Jesus and, and this authority. And now in the gospel of Mark, Jesus is going to his own people and his authority is not recognized. They hear him speak. They know the stories about Jesus. They've heard, and maybe even some of them have witnessed the Maybe the multiplication of the loaves and fishes. Maybe they heard straight from one of the apostles about the calming of the sea. Maybe they knew somebody who saw the woman healed with the touching of the cloak. But they are not willing to accept the authority of Jesus in his own place. And Jesus says at the end of this gospel, he was amazed at their lack of faith. Father Paul at All Saints Church in Portland was talking about this gospel reading and really the message of Ezekiel and St. Paul and the gospel of Mark is this sense of faith and going beyond what we see. And we see Jesus in earlier gospel accounts healing this power and authority but now the people aren't seeing. See, I'm not seeing. I'm just hearing the word of this man, and they are rejecting Jesus. And so there's this lack of faith, and Jesus is amazed at the lack of faith. But he is being rejected. 
You know, uh, Father Paul mentions that the faith is the ability for us to go beyond that what which we see, that there's this transcendence to something more, that there's something beyond what we can see. We, we hear about the prophet Ezekiel, and if we know anything about the prophets in the Old Testament, we know that these prophets are mostly persecuted, they're mostly ridiculed, most everybody does not listen to them, and they know that that's going to be the case. They know that there is going to be a hardness of heart to the people that they're sent out to proclaim the truth to. But that's not the point. The point is that God is entrusting a message to a particular prophet at a particular time, and they're not taking their words or their wishes that they would hope that the people would do this or that, but they are following the absolute instruction of God. And this is what Ezekiel is doing. And in fact, you turn the page here, but, but God is saying, you know, he's saying, I'm sending you to the Israelites. So he's sending Ezekiel back to his own people. He's from this area. So he's sending them not to a foreign land or not to people that don't know where he's from or what his background is, but to the Israelites. And, and God is telling him, these are rebels and they have rebelled against me uh, pretty much to this very day. So they've always been rebellious, Ezekiel, but I am sending you, if you're going to be sent by God, right, to go proclaim the truth, and he's already giving you the bad news. It's like, you know, this isn't really going to work, but I want you to say, I think this is so powerful for me to hear this, that God is telling Ezekiel, you say this, thus says the Lord God. It's in the authority of the Lord God that I speak. It's not in any other authority. It's not Ezekiel's authority. He's not putting a, some kind of special uh, credit to his name to say, I'm telling you these things. It's the Lord God himself. And again, as I think about Jesus, you know, Jesus has the authority because he is the son of God and because God, God gives him the authority that he is the Messiah. He is the King of Kings. He is the Savior and Redeemer of the world. He has true authority. So there's something very important about authority. And here Ezekiel is given the authority by God to proclaim the truth to this rebellious house. And whether they resist or whether they heed, that they will know that there was a prophet. So they may not follow the truth, they might not follow what Ezekiel is going to tell them, which is God's message. And so many prophets before and following Ezekiel, but God wanted to make sure that he was obedient and that they will know that there is a prophet. Now, at first I was thinking, boy, do we have prophets in our day? We really don't have any prophets in our day. But Father Paul challenged me and he said, you know, we have prophets in our day. In fact, we probably have prophets in our own household, in our own small community. It's those people who always raise the bar. This is the truth. It's not my truth. This is the truth. And it's those voices Maybe it's in the workplace, maybe it's in the church, maybe it's in our prayer group, maybe it's in our home. There's that one person, there's that voice that we hear, like the prophets, 
that is the truth that's reminding us this isn't just the truth of the day. This is God's truth. And I should be listening to that, even if the whole culture has turned against that truth. We certainly find ourselves in that type of place today. Let's go a little bit into St. Paul. And this is such a great reading. We've heard, I think, in, in many different Bible studies or prayers, we've heard this phrase, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in greatness. Power is made perfect in greatness. There was a, a nice little reflection from Father Mike Schmitz, who talked a little bit about our culture today. And probably a couple of generations back, if something was broken, if something got scratched, if something got damaged, we would try to figure out how to repair it. I know for like my and my parents, my dad, he is a Mr. Fix-It. And so they've had their dryer, you know, 30 years, and he's always figuring out a way to fix it instead of replace it. Because we live in a culture, well, oh, I can just buy another one. I mean, think about our phones. <laughs> we have these cell phones that we replace year after year after year when there used to be a time where we would really appreciate and figure out, well, I know I can fix this. I can repair it. It still works. It's not broken. Because I love this line that Father Mike Schmidt said, damage does not mean ruined. Because something is damaged, it's not ruined. We may have a flaw, we may have a weakness, but we're not ruined. You know, in my weakness, St. Paul is saying, then I am strong through the weakness, through the insults, through the hardships, through the persecutions and constraints. Even St. Paul, um, I want to say dialogued, but begged with God for three times, he says in the scripture, that I begged the Lord about taking this thorn. We don't know what the thorn is. A lot of people have, have reflected upon that, but whatever that hardship was, that weakness, that wound that St. Paul might have been referring to, that for the sake of Christ, when I am weak, when I have those wounds, then I am strong. I'm not damaged goods. And so it's not about repairing things. It's about redeeming things. It's not about the healing as much as in the redemption. And so it makes me think about when we pray, particularly for people who have physical ailments, I think most specifically about that because I have several friends who are living with different types of cancers that are debilitating parts of their body. And uh, just recently, I was sitting with a woman, a good friend of mine, and some of the cancer and some of the real pain is in her leg. And I thought about uh, St. Peregrine and the, um, the miraculous healing of his leg that was cancerous. And we attribute St. Peregrine to the healing of people affected with cancer and other life-threatening illnesses. But as I was touching her leg, um, my friend's cancer, and she's not limited to just that illness, um, she's more than the illness, right? She has turned over that suffering and has asked God to bless that suffering in her life. And so when we turn those wounds, turn those sufferings, it's easy to think about physical ailments because many of us face them often in our lives. It could be an emotional ailment. It could be a spiritual ailment. It might be some other type of an ailment that we're facing. But when we re 
we reveal those wounds and we give them over to God. That's the beauty, the beauty in the wounds of Christ, the beauty in our wounds. When we're wounded (laughs) and we're a wounded people, and the only way that we have the beauty is through the sacred wounds of Jesus Christ. I, I really love to look at that crucifix and almost sacred wounds of Jesus, that if there's a particular ailment, there's a particular illness, if there's a particular unforgiveness, turn it over into his wounds, into his wounds, in his hands, in his feet, in his most sacred side. Those are the wounds of redemption. You know, damaged goods do not mean that we're ruined. I just think that's such a lovely reflection that we not necessarily pray about being healed, but pray about being redeemed. We don't necessarily want to replace. It's like St. Paul was saying, well, I would just, should I give all of this weakness away? No, the beauty is in our cracks. The beauty is in our wounds. The beauty is in the deficiencies that we have in living daily life in just working hard in raising kids in learning things and in being kind to one another. This is the beauty of, of daily life. And this is where we call when we surround our daily life with the love of God, with the beauty of the most sacred wounds of Jesus, the most precious blood that heals us spiritually, physically, emotionally, that's when we are strong. And so in this week, as we think about the authority of Jesus, let's give thanks for the prophets, for the prophets of the Old Testament, but for the prophets of the day And that we would be prophets, prophets who speak the truth, prophets who don't look to fix things, but to turn things over to Jesus Christ, to reveal the truth in God's authority and God's plan. And that as we turn any rejections, any deficiencies that we feel, any weaknesses that we feel, when we turn those over to the Lord, when we give them to the Lord, that's when the healing happens. That's what leads to living a holy life. See, the lives of the saints, we have so many great saints to recognize in the month of July, the lives of the saints, they turned over their deficiencies. They said, I have these deficiencies and I'm going to live with them like St. Paul said, but I'm going to glorify God as I live in this weakness, because it's by living in those weaknesses, turning them over to Jesus Christ, asking for forgiveness, forgiving those who have offended us, going to confession on a regular basis. That's when we are strong. That's when God gives us the strength to live that holy life, to be a proclaimer, to be a prophet, to be one who speaks the truth, not my truth, not your truth, but the truth of Jesus Christ, that's where the authority and the power is. Let us pray. Because it is the 4th of July, I want to offer this prayer. It's called a prayer for national protection. Most high God, I come to you in the name of Jesus, asking for divine protection for the people of this nation. I pray for the safety of every man, woman, and child Keep us from harm's way and provide protection from plans of destruction that our enemies have plotted. 
Stop strategies of destruction that our enemies would try to evoke. Give wisdom and understanding and discernment to those who provide protection. Help us to be watchful and alert to signs of wrongdoing. Provide insight to national and local authorities on ways to guard, defend, and ensure all safety of all American citizens, both home and abroad. Help us to unite with government leaders and law enforcement personnel in making this country a safe place to live, to work, and to play, allowing Americans to enjoy freedom without fear. Amen. May God's peace be with you. I look forward to checking in with you again next week. You can learn more about getting the weekly podcast of this broadcast on the Modern Day Radio website. It's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I radio.com, or you can visit my website at dinamarie.org. That's dinamarie.org. Thanks for joining me today on Faith Moments with Dina Marie. Have a blessed week and peace be with you. You have been listening to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, reflections upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. New podcast episodes are released weekly through the generous support of Mater Dei Radio. To learn more about Faith Moments with Dina Marie, visit me online at dinamarie.org. That's dinamarie.org. May you have a blessed week.